bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. The Father and His Household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. So let's look at what he said to each one of them. To Eve, he says, Eve is going to have sorrow and pain in birth. It's a very painful thing to say to somebody. Multiply sorrow. I'll multiply your sorrow and your conception. I don't know the full extent of what this meant, whether birth was supposed to be painless or conception was supposed to be painless or we're not supposed to have sorrow. I can't tell. But what I can tell is that it will be multiplied. The pain and the sorrow will be multiplied. Maybe it will be there, but because of the sin, there was a multiplied effect of the pain and the sorrow. And then he talks about the fact that your desire shall be to your husband. All you're going to do is looking for a husband. <laughs> and then your husband will bully you. He'll rule over you. Now that's not good. Then to Adam, he says, you will toil... You have fruitless labor, and you're going to have death. Dust you are, dust you shall return. Now, when you look at what is said to Eve and what is said to Adam, Eve's statement covers the birth of man. Adam's statement covers the death of man. It means from the beginning, from your birth to your death, it's going to be hard. Now, most of the time we see these, these statements as just related to man and woman. But remember, when Adam saw Eve, he says, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So whatever is said to Eve affects Adam. Whatever is said to Adam affects Eve. It is not a gender-based situation. It is human. It cuts across all humanity because the male and the female are bone of the bone, flesh of the flesh of each other. Now, this is coming from God. Why is he saying this? Because he doesn't see them as children any longer. They have now become outcasts. Just like you buy a gun in your home, not for your children, not against your children, but you are waiting for that arm robber to come in. And people who are kind and gentle, 
will do stuff that you didn't think was in their nature to do. They'll blow off somebody's head because the person was attempting to rape their daughter or somebody close to them. But it's the same person full of love. Then God speaks not just to Adam and Eve, but to the earth. He cursed the earth so that the earth will cause pain. The earth did not sin, but it was affected because man was the original custodian of the earth. And that now that man was under Satan's dominion, the earth was also under Satan's dominion. So the characteristics of Satan begin to manifest in the earth because the new ruler of this earth is Satan. So Adam, Eve, the earth. It's very interesting when you read clearly from the Bible that God did not curse Adam and he did not curse Eve. He cursed the serpent and he cursed the earth. But the man and the woman were not cursed, although harsh words were pronounced against them. That means that this was not something that would tie them forever. It was redeemable. But God says, I'm going to do this. And even in doing that, he showed that a time will come when that situation will change. Because he says that woman shall produce a child one day and that child will bruise the head of the serpent. But the curse went to the serpent and the earth. The earth is cursed, Satan is cursed, man is punished but not cursed. That's very important. So really when you look at this, what has changed is that the relationship has changed. The earth as we find it now, it's a nice place and the world is a beautiful place, but this is not the best. The earth would have been a far better place for us if this sin had not occurred. So as beautiful as the earth is and the, the, how gorgeous it is when we wake up, we see the sunrise and the sunset, the mountains and, and the green vegetation and the rivers, and we say, oh, what a wonderful world. It's still a cursed earth. So can you imagine what an earth without curse would look like? In Romans chapter 8, verse 20 to 21, we read, For the creation was subject to futility. Creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So creation was subjected, but there was hope in it that one day when the sons of God are liberated, the creation order will also be liberated. Because the earth became cursed because man sinned, so if man is restored, then the earth will also eventually have to be restored. The important thing to note in all of this is that uh, Adam and Eve did not have children in the household. It is when they became outcasts that they started having children. So in effect, all their children were born outside of the household of God. All their children. Each one of them were born outside. None of them had a personal experience with God. None of them had 
an experience of life in God's household. They might have heard stories about Eden and how it was and how they related to God and how their parents, their parents might have told those stories, but none of them had experienced God at close personal level. But although Adam and Eve were outcasts and they were outside of God's household, they were not outside of God's reach. God could still reach them. Although they are not in the household, he could still reach them. God still spoke to them. He still loved them. And he still wanted them back home. And he, he, he's going to later on start a whole elaborate plan to bring them back home. Because that is where he wanted them from the beginning. But at this time, they are outcasts. He couldn't just go and bring them back. And they couldn't just come in by themselves. It's like if, if, if your child committed a crime in your house. And the child is pronounced guilty. You can't just go and say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Come home. And the child cannot also say, it doesn't matter, daddy, just receive me. No. Something must happen for there to be reconciliation. You don't, it's not just something you just do. So God can't just go and bring man and say, well, you've sinned, it doesn't matter, come home. And man cannot say, oh, forget it, you are God and you can do all things, so let me come home. No. There has to be a legitimate legal process that will pay the debt for what has been committed so that the man can be rightfully returned home. So that God will be just. Because if God doesn't do that, then he's a bully. But he's a just God. He cannot just bring his children back home. The sin of Adam and Eve distorted the image of God. Some people ask, so were they still the image of God? Did they have the image of God? They had it. But it was a distorted image. Someone said, what, what, what is distorted image? Well, let, let's say that you have a, a tall full-length mirror. Full-length mirror. So you stand in front of a full-length mirror, you see your full self, your image, head to toes. And everything's in the right place. Your hand is in the right place. Your nose is in the right place. Your eye in the right place, in the right order. Leg in the right place. Mouth in the right place. Hair in the right place. Because the mirror is in good shape. So you're watching your image, and you can see this is a good reflection. That's in Eden before the, the fall. Then let's say that somebody takes a hard ball, a hard ball, and, and just throws it against the mirror. So the mirror cracks into bits and pieces, but it doesn't crumble because there is a frame holding it. So the mirror is cracked. And you stand there and you look at the same mirror, you see an image. But it's distorted. Does he have the image? Yes, it's an image, but your ear is at your mouth. Your mouth is elongated. Your, you know, everything is just distorted. But you can tell, that's me. You can tell, that's me, but I am not together. Because something has happened to disrupt the image. So did man have the image of God? Yes but it is a distorted image of God because sin has come to distort that image. So 
the man outside of the garden still carries the image of God. But it's distorted. It's not as it was before. The ship is wrong. It is functioning differently. It is operating differently. It responds differently. But you can still tell there is an image there. There is something. The original is still there, but it has been distorted. Listen to how the book of Ephesians describes the outcast. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Now, remember the book of Ephesians is in the New Testament. <laughs> now, Ephesians is describing something that covers the time from Genesis chapter 3, when man left the garden, when man became an outcast. And he's describing the state of man. The state of man. I want you to follow carefully what the Bible says about the state of man outside of God's household. It says, and you, talking to the Christians at that time, you he made alive. That means you're born again. But before then, you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. I want you to underline three phrases in that passage. Verse 1, underline dead in trespasses. Dead in trespasses. You were dead in trespasses. Verse 2, underline sons of disobedience. Sons of disobedience. And in verse 3, underline children of wrath. Children of wrath. These three phrases describe the outcast. Those who are cast out from the household of God, which is all humanity, because we all came and Adam started having his children outside of the household. All humanity were outside of the household, so they are all outcasts. They are described in three ways. Num number one, they are dead in trespasses. Dead in trespasses. That means spiritually, disconnected from God. Spiritual death is when your spirit is disconnected from God's spirit. So a person who is outside of the household is dead in trespasses. He's spiritually disconnected from God. He has a spirit, but his spirit is disconnected from God's spirit. Secondly, they are also described as sons of disobedience because they are born into a state of rebellion against God. Everybody outside born in a state of rebellion against God. In addition to spiritual death, God sees all humanity outside his household as children of this disobedience. Although we have not all committed the same sin of Adam. I read a story, it's, it, it actually was a documentary, and uh, I watched it 
couple of years ago, so I, I went online to look for it as I was preparing this message. It was a story of a prison uh, in Buenos Aires in, uh, in uh, Argentina, and it's called the Prison 33. And this is what was said about the children who were born to inmates in prison. Because there are people who give birth to children in, in prison. It says, the children were born in prison and have never seen daylight outside the bars. They don't know what an animal or a car is, nor what exists outside this lockup. They are children that don't smile, and the first word they learn is prison guard. It's describing children born in bondage. They didn't sin. They didn't commit a crime. But when the crime was being committed, they were being carried inside. The mother was pregnant with them when she was committing the crime. So when they took the mother to jail, they took her and the child to jail. The child is born, and in that prison system, in some prison system, they will get children out, get them to foster homes or relatives. But in this place, the children are kept with the mother. In a sense, it paints the picture of what happened to mankind. When Adam and Eve left, the children they delivered were also born as outcasts. Not because the children were outcasts or had sinned or had are bad people, but because they were carried by outcasts and born outside the household of God. So all are outcasts. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned. Not because we're all bad people, but all have sinned and fallen short. Of the glory of God. So they are sons of disobedience. And thirdly, and this is the most dangerous, they are children of wrath. They are subject to God's wrath. They are exposed to God's judgment. So every outcast is subject to God's wrath. Every outcast is subject to God's wrath. Adam and Eve started as children. The second relationship God these people now have what God is outcast. It's not a pleasant relationship. They're children of wrath. They're exposed to wrath. 